Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. American Criminal is a new true crime history podcast from the studio behind the hits American Scandal and American History Tellers. Hosted by Jeremy Schwartz, each weekly episode explores the dark side to the American dream the notorious felons and outlaws who tried to lie, cheat, and murder their way to the top. Get inside the minds of the criminals and their victims and learn about the historical context behind the crimes. Season 1 covers one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder, but the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill, or was it even in self-defense? Other seasons will cover Al Capone, the notorious mob boss taken down by bad accounting. Georgia Tan, the thief who stole babies and ruined countless lives, plus many more spanning every era of American history. Follow American Criminal now on your favorite podcast app. In 1982, MGM Studios released Poltergeist, a film directed by Toby Hooper and produced by Steven Spielberg. The movie was an instant success, grossing over $76 million in the United States alone, cementing its legacy as a masterpiece of American horror. But while the movie depicts the modern haunting of a suburban family, This particular type of phenomenon has been recorded for hundreds of years. In fact, it was German paranormal researchers in the 19th century who gave the poltergeist its now popular name, which quite literally translates to, quote, noisy ghost. After all, this is exactly what a poltergeist is, a supernatural force or entity that causes both audible and physical disturbances, all centered around a single individual or family. Over the years, the United States has been home to several high-profile poltergeists, including the infamous Amityville Horror and the legendary Bell Witch. But it was down in the southeastern corner of Georgia where one of the most documented cases of them all 
took place. A haunting that is now largely forgotten. Yet at the time, it captivated the media as it tormented the family of Alan Surrency. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you are listening to Southern Gothic. fall of 1872, a swarm of reporters, curiosity seekers, and paranormal investigators descended upon the home of Alan Powell Surrency, a prominent citizen of Appling County, Georgia. These crowds, which some claim to number in the thousands, were spurred on by a series of recent newspaper reports that claim bizarre paranormal events were taking place in the Surrency's two-story farmhouse. The Macon Daily Enterprise was the first to report on the happenings in their October 19, 1872 edition. Quote, We learned this morning that quite a mysterious affair is creating a great deal of sensation about the city. On Thursday last, Mr. Surrency, who lives at number 6, Macon and Brunswick Railroad, discovered the dishes, etc., jumping off the table and being smashed up. Everything got to jumping, and nothing could be seen to do the mischief. In the parlor, among the broken vases, toys, and everything breakable, were found two strange biscuits, which Mr. S. swears were not cooked on his place, and as there is no house anywhere near his, there is no accounting for where they came from. Our informant was there last night and found everything quiet, but as he was leaving, the dipper jumped out of the water bucket. There's no clue to the mystery. It is unknown when the Surrency family first experienced the strange events described by the Macon Daily Enterprise, but many claim they began several months prior, in June of 1872. According to the tale... It was a warm summer day, and Mrs. Surrency was contentedly sewing in her bedroom when a slight noise rose behind her. Initially, she paid no attention to the sound, but when it returned a second time, her interest was piqued. Yet upon investigation, she found nothing to cause it, so she returned to her work before being interrupted again by the noise. This time, Mrs. Surrency found that the sound was coming from a nearby washstand, where she discovered a pitcher rocking inside the washbowl. It moved slowly at first, and then with an increasing agitation, before gaining enough momentum to come up out of the bowl and stand upright beside it. At this point, the mother of ten was more annoyed by the occurrence than anything, 
expecting to find her sons laughing at the clever trick they had played on her. Yet her children were nowhere to be found. But then, as she turned toward the door to begin her search for the culprit, the sound of a large crash echoed through the room. Everything had come off of the washstand. The bowl lay in pieces at her feet, and the china soap dishes were shattered beyond recognition. But most frightening of all was that the pitcher was suspended above the mess, midair, slowly pouring water onto the broken pieces below, before it too dropped and shattered across the floor. Mrs. Cerency then quickly fled the room in search for children, who upon intense questioning proved to know nothing of any such prank. So the family decided to dismiss this odd experience, chalking it up to nothing more than a possible earthquake tremor. Unfortunately, the Cerencies could not ignore the events that would soon come to pass. One afternoon, as the family gathered in their dining room for a midday meal, a door on the side of the house spontaneously opened and then closed with a bang. The family jumped at the unexpected noise, but at this particular moment, they believed it was nothing more than a simple gust of wind, perhaps even the onset of a summer storm. So they continued on with their meal, but soon enough, The same heavy door creaked its way open once again, this time slamming itself shut with such a violent force that the entire house seemed to shake with it. The Surrencies were stunned, but the door was just the beginning. The dining room windows also began to take on a life of their own, raising and lowering simultaneously over and over and over again each time with an increasing speed until finally the wooden panes began to break with a repetitive impact. The frightening sight of this caused Mr. Surrency and his sons to jump up from the table and feverishly search the home for possible intruders. They hastily and methodically went from room to room, but the men found absolutely nothing and the family was left with no natural explanation as to why or how these activities took place. From that day forward, events just like this grew more and more common. Audio fiction fans, y'all need to go check out The Sprouting, an eldritch horror of an actual play podcast set in an apocalyptic future where eldritch plants have taken over, magical bargains twist the fabric of reality, and each survivor struggles to trust their own senses as they try to see their goals through to their ends. This podcast features an international cast, original scoring, and immersive sound design. In fact, y'all, here's a quick preview of The Sprouting, available now anywhere you get your podcasts. With your long-forgotten name, we call upon you. We call upon you. 
In the words of the unspeakable language, we call upon you. We call upon you. By the spilt blood of the wicked who walk upon this world sprouting the words of false idols, we call upon you. We call upon you. On the land of the dead harvest, that which brings the earth itself into your service, Yamal, we call upon you. We call upon you. We call upon you. We call upon you. Yamal calls upon you. The Sprouting, a Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast by Blighthouse Studio. Find us on your podcatcher of choice. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Over the following months, possibly even years, the dining room became a frequent location for chaos. Often without warning, the tablecloth was snatched out from under the family's dinner by an unknown force, the food and place settings dumped into their laps, and sometimes, when the food actually managed to stay on the table, it was not uncommon for hot tea, coffee, or even soup to be flung into their faces. Forks and spoons were also known to break in two or become twisted out of shape, even in the middle of use. Clearly, whatever or whoever was causing this chaos was not happy, and worst of all, it was becoming more and more malevolent over time, causing Mr. and Mrs. Surrency to become increasingly concerned for the safety of their children. At one point, their son Robert was struck by a heavy andiron which was mysteriously thrown from the fireplace towards him while he sat reading in the library. His elder brother Sam witnessed the violence, claiming that he watched the large brass object lift up and hover for a moment before it hurled itself through the air towards his brother. Sam attempted to reach out and stop the attack, but as Robert tried to run for safety, the object followed behind him continuing its assault until the young man fell into the floor. The andiron is said to have then risen back up into the air, returning itself to the fireplace as if nothing had occurred. The Surrency's daughter Clementine, who would have been about 15 at the time, became a frequent target of the paranormal force. It was reported that whenever the young woman touched a table or piece of furniture, the item immediately began floating along behind her. One such story even claims that a chair she had just sat in followed her all the way down the stairs and outside into the family's garden, where it fell to the ground. But even more sinister 
were the unseen hands that purportedly tormented the young woman at night as she lay in her bed. On more than one occasion, they grabbed at her hair and snatched the covers, until one night the activity grew so violent that Clementine herself was forcefully pulled from her mattress before her large canopy bed was overturned, causing an immense crash that woke the entire household. It was at this point that Mrs. Surrency and her daughter decided to leave the family home and stay with Mr. Patterson, the Surrency's son-in-law. Yet the torment followed them, and the Patterson home became the scene of paranormal chaos as well with objects spontaneously throwing themselves from the shelves and walls, and furniture rising and crashing to the floor, just as had occurred in the Surrency's farmhouse, where some say the activity ceased during this time. This led many to believe that Clementine was the target of some type of evil, although others claim that it was at this time that the entire family decided enough was enough and the home was abandoned. It is said that the Surrency family had two weeks apiece living in another home on their property, but whatever it was that was tormenting them returned and continued on until Alan Surrency's death in 1877. By all accounts, the Surrency family was initially incredibly hesitant for outsiders to know about the strange activity they were experiencing. After all, Alan Surrency was a prominent member of the community. Born in 1825, he moved to this part of Georgia with his wife Wealthy around 1850, and not only did he establish a farm near the Macon and Brunswick Railroad, but he also operated the area sawmill and ran the only general store in the town that would eventually bear his surname. A November 1872 edition of the Yorkville Inquirer described Alan Surrency, quote, Mr. Surrency is a gentleman well-to-do in the world and is universally regarded as one of the honorable citizens of the county. He is one of the leading men, a quiet and good citizen and has represented his county in the General Assembly of the state. With this in mind, it is understandable why Mr. Surrency didn't want his family's struggles publicized. But ultimately, as the events became more and more violent, and their home became increasingly dangerous for their children, he became desperate for assistance. It is unclear how many people in the local community knew what was going on prior to the first news report or even who it was that tipped off the Macon Daily Enterprise. But the effect of the article was instantaneous and throngs of people from all over began showing up at the family's door, the number growing higher and higher with increasingly dramatic newspaper headlines all over the South. 
Mysteries in Macon. Queer manifestations. The ghost dwelling house. Those Georgia Most strange proceedings of ghosts, the unseen. Lively Georgia spooks. The haunted house. With the These newspapers all told similar tales, reporting things like brickbats falling from the sky around Clementine Surrency. And an instance when Mr. Surrency returned home from a business trip only to discover items throwing themselves around his home in a scene of complete chaos. One Macon Daily Enterprise reporter relayed his own experience visiting the farmhouse, claiming that after walking around the house for some time, he stepped up to the family clock on the mantel, only to find its hands spinning rapidly at a rate of about five hours in a single minute. Hoping to debunk the mystery and prove a natural explanation for the activity, the reporter attempted to open the clock and examine the machinery inside. Yet the man found nothing unusual to prove or disprove a supernatural cause, as most had speculated. But this is what most of the visitors to the home hoped to do, and according to some, the number of people heading to the farm during the fall of 1872 might have reached a thousand. In fact, the story became so popular that the nearby train depot known as Number 6 added special excursion trains solely to take interested voyeurs to the Surrency's farmhouse. Then, upon reaching the stop, the conductor proclaimed their arrival to, quote, Ghostville. well-known visitors to the home was Charles H. Foster, a spiritualist medium from Salem, Massachusetts. Foster remained in residence with the family for a week before claiming that he had made contact with the spirits who were causing the trouble, and that they had informed him that the family was strongly mediumistic, particularly Clementine. Others shared this opinion as well, but some did not believe it was Clementine who was of most interest to the spirits, but rather Mrs. Surrency herself. The October 28, 1872 edition of the Macon Daily Enterprise was the first to make the claim publicly. Quote, it could not be Miss Clementine Surrency, for she was absent part of the time things were occurring and it is impossible that any human being could have done things that did happen. And therefore, the only cause we could assign was that spiritualism was the agency and that Mrs. Surrency is the medium. This conclusion may be hasty and ill-founded, but having plied questions and traveled all over the entire place and collected all the facts possible, this is our solution. Mrs. Surrency is the only person who has been present at any occurrence. While the general public enjoyed this type of speculation, it is said that the Surrency family actually took little stock in the idea of spiritualism, particularly the idea that they were mediums. After all, this theory did nothing to provide them with solid answers or 
relief for their troubles, and by all public accounts, they did not enjoy the notoriety that came with their situation. The Surrencies just wanted the chaos to end. In fact, the Surrencies gained nothing of material value by having their home invaded by curiosity seekers, often refusing attempts from visitors to pay them admission into the home where on some occasions they were even allowed to dine at the family table. Yet in the end, no explanation was ever discovered, and after only a few months, the public uproar began to fade as the story became old. Then, three years after the media firestorm, the Cerency family's troubles were mentioned in an August 17, 1875 article by the Macon Telegraph. The text first reminds readers of the strange case of the Cerency house, but then goes on to discuss similar events that were now occurring at the home of, quote, a very esteemable lady, Mrs. Russell Johnson of Bartow. The events which are specifically listed include crockery falling from unseen sources in the middle of the room, brickbats crashing down, and wood hurled at windows, all seemingly occurring without human interference. It was noted that Mrs. Johnson's son-in-law was not particularly frightened by the occurrences, and that it was he who made the connection with the Surrency House events. The Macon Telegraph reported he, quote, finally remembered that they had employed in the family as a servant at the time, a colored girl who had also been in the employ of Mr. Surrency. At the time, those strange freaks of the unseen agency took place in his house, thinking that the two must certainly have some connections. A strict watch was kept upon the girl, and she was finally detected in the act of taking a brick from concealed position about her person and hurling it into the middle of the room. The paper goes on to say that this girl, whose sole identifier was the color of her skin, was apprehended before confessing that she was, quote, the author of the mischief. But exactly what the girl confessed to, or what was done to encourage a confession from her, is not provided. Tragically, this young woman may have been the biggest victim of the entire ordeal. After all, the Cerency family's troubles continued on for two years after her seemingly coerced confession. All right, y'all, guess what? One of my favorite true crime podcasts is coming out with an all-new season. It's not the kind of true crime show that is filled with horrific murders or grim circumstances. It's one about the unlikely collisions between true crime and the arts. And it is called, aptly, The Art of Crime. It's hosted by my friend and trained historian, Gavin Whitehead. Now, each season, Gavin centers the show around a different theme. Like, in his first season, it was Jack the Ripper. But season three is titled Queen of Crime. Madame Tussaud 
and the Chamber of Horrors. And y'all, it's going to be telling two stories. First, it chronicles the great madam's long and distinguished career, kicking off in pre-revolutionary France and wrapping up in Victorian London. Each episode covers a chapter in her biography, exploring her rise to fame as well as the earth-shaking historical events that she witnessed. Second, this season charts the evolution of the Chamber of Horrors, a special showroom in her wax museum that displayed effigies of notorious criminals. So y'all, I hope you will take a chance on Gavin's new season of The Art of Crime, because I'm not kidding when I tell you I'm actually a Patreon supporter of this show myself, and I just think he does such great work and has such a fresh approach to storytelling. So what are you waiting for? Go subscribe or follow or listen or whatever it is you're supposed to do to The Art of Crime. That is The Art of Crime. I hope y'all dig it. American Criminal is a new true crime history podcast from the studio behind the hits American Scandal and American History Tellers. Hosted by Jeremy Schwartz, each weekly episode explores the dark side to the American dream. The notorious felons and outlaws who tried to lie, cheat, and murder their way to the top. Get inside the minds of the criminals and their victims and learn about the historical context behind the crimes. Season 1 covers one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder, but the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill, or was it even in self-defense? Other seasons will cover Al Capone, the notorious mob boss taken down by bad accounting. Georgia Tan, the thief who stole babies and ruined countless lives, plus many more spanning every era of American history. Follow American Criminal now on your favorite podcast app. Today, the story of the Surrency House haunting remains largely lost to time. A strange sentiment considering many claim the events of 1872 are one of the most well-documented ghost stories in history. Due to the large number of family members, visitors, and reporters to visit the site, first-hand accounts are plentiful, but none of them have ever been able to explain what actually happened. Most believe that the house was possessed by something evil. However, Several key characteristics of the haunting suggest that what the Surrency family was experiencing was the result of a poltergeist. Typically, this type of paranormal activity starts with minor isolated incidents, just as the Surrency family experienced. These incidents are physical disturbances that sometimes include disembodied sounds which over time grow in frequency and severity. Most cases last for several months, but some can go on for years. Although, what truly makes a poltergeist unique is that it typically revolves around a single individual, most often female, like Mrs. Surrency or her daughter Clementine. 
paranormal investigators, parapsychologists, and other researchers all vary in their assessment of what exactly a poltergeist is, but two theories are most predominant. The first is that the activity is caused by a ghost or supernatural entity. The infamous Bell Witch of Adams, Tennessee is a prime example of this, as the Bell family was purportedly tormented by the spirit of their neighbor, Kate Batt. Yet others believe a poltergeist to be more complex, theorizing that this spirit or entity is channeled through the energy of a particularly susceptible person. Famous parapsychologist Hans Holzer describes this theory in his 1997 work, Poltergeists, True Encounters with the World Beyond. He said, quote, A poltergeist, then, is nothing more than that stage of a haunting when manifestations occur that are clearly of a physical nature, such as the movement or the throwing of objects. The originator, however, is not the youngster or mentally handicapped older people. They are merely the source, tapped against their will, and usually without their knowledge, by a ghostly entity desperately trying to get attention for their plight from people in this world, not to harm anyone, but to get people to notice their presence. Of course, skeptics claim that these events are not supernatural at all, but rather an individual's inaccurate perception of the cause of otherwise mundane events, which are then further bolstered over time by the growing self-deception that they are being targeted. Today, the small town of Surrency, Georgia, has a population of about 200. But nothing remains of the Surrency family farmhouse, which burned to the ground in 1925. Yet there may still be one remaining piece that lingers on. The Surrency spook light, ghost light, an eerie orb of yellow light that purportedly appears along the railroad tracks. Legend claims that Clementine Cerency was the first to spot it in 1872 when she met her father at the train station. And when she looked down the track where she expected the train to appear, she instead saw a light in the shape of a man dressed in white coming toward her. Frightened, she then ran home as brickbats fell on the path around her feet. Purportedly, this light can still be seen today, the final remnant of a vicious haunting. My name is Brandon Schecksneider, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic is an independently produced podcast created by siblings Brianne and Brandon Schecksneider with the support of listeners like you. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to receive even more content, including ad-free episodes, head over to our Patreon page today. The link is in the show notes.
Lucky Little Shacks. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. American Criminal is a new true crime history podcast from the studio behind the hits American Scandal and American History Tellers. Hosted by Jeremy Schwartz, each weekly episode explores the dark side to the American dream. The notorious felons and outlaws who tried to lie, cheat, and murder their way to the top. Get inside the minds of the criminals and their victims and learn about the historical context behind the crimes. Season 1 covers one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder, but the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill, or was it even in self-defense? Other seasons will cover Al Capone, the notorious mob boss taken down by bad accounting. Georgia Tan, the thief who stole babies and ruined countless lives, plus many more spanning every era of American history. Follow American Criminal now on your favorite podcast app.